Today, I want to I want to share with you some thoughts. Really, it's it's very a very simple message. Um, it's a simple message that is going to hopefully just draw your attention back to Jesus and to point your attention back to Jesus. And I'm hoping that as you point that as you point your attention back to him and as you focus back on him that I'm, I'm trusting and hoping that this uh, will allow you to remain faithful in him. I think often when our minds get distracted by the things around us and our minds get distracted with lies and tricks of the enemy and thoughts and ideas that aren't true and aren't right, that the enemy can creep in with little ideas mixed with truth and lies mixed with truth and allow us to kind of um, start to believe something that God never planned for us to believe. And if our minds can come back onto the word of God, and if I can just remind you of a few things that you need to be thinking about in this time and through these times and through whatever life is bringing you, not just this lockdown, but whatever life is bringing you, that I believe that if, if you can draw your attention, faith by the power of God, back onto him, then what you will see also is a walk that is faithful and obedient and in love with Jesus walking faithfully in the footsteps of Christ because nothing else will become precious to you other than to walk in his in his footsteps. So join me as we pray this morning. Let's pray and let's ask the Lord to uh, speak words of truth into our hearts that if our minds and our hearts are being distracted into areas that are causing us to, to be drawn down and dragged down, that our faith, our feet can find no strength in walking faithfully, that today that will change. That today, as you draw your attention onto the Lord, your your faith is strengthened, your your legs, so to speak, are strengthened because I'm not going to be able to, to get you out of your slumber. I can't make you get up out of your slumber, out of your couch and say, come on, get up and do move for the Lord. Um, I can't do that, but I pray by the Spirit of God, by God's power today, that you are paying close attention to uh, him and that you are drawn to fix your heart and your mind on on him. So let's pray together. Let's ask the Lord's blessing on, on today's word. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God Almighty, because you are our Father who is in heaven. Hallowed be your name, Lord God. We pray this morning that your kingdom would flourish in all that is said and done, that this morning, Lord Jesus, you would feed us with your word and that you will give us this daily bread, my God. Father in heaven, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would speak words of truth into our lives and that you would captivate and capture our thoughts and our hearts and our intents and our motives, that they are fixed on you, Lord God, gazed on you, Lord God, that our hearts may be faithful in walking with you, only having you as, as the one we are focused on and the one we are looking at. Lord Jesus, I pray this morning your blessing be upon everything that is said and done and upon your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God again for uh, all the things, you know, that God gives us and all the provisions in, in, our, in our lives. You know, there are so many different things that are happening at the moment. You know, the COVID changes for us are and can be quite tiring for, for people. On uh, Wednesday, I think it was Wednesday, when we had the, the donut day on Wednesday at work in our, in our small office space, we got donuts to eat. I was a bit surprised. I thought, oh, this is awesome. You know, we got donuts to eat on donut day. It hadn't happened before. They're fantastic. You know, I'll be in for a donut. And so I had this donut day. I got excited. I took a photo. I sent it to my wife. You know, look what I'm eating. And I explained the reason for it. It was, it was good. It was good. And then only to find <laughs> that evening we're talking about a mystery case and the next day we're talking about, we're not we're talking, we're actually having a lockdown, you know. 
these COVID changes really mess with people's minds, don't they? They really mess with our emotions. They mess with things all the time. That, that's that's what they do. You can't avoid that happening. You can't say to yourself, I'm going to be like steel and not be moved by this, you know. Uh, yes, you, you cannot be moved to sin 100%. You know, I think that is absolutely the gospel but, but all the other emotions that come with it, it's just a very natural thing for us as Christians to experience. And I think sometimes we misunderstand the difference between these emotions that we experience and what faithfulness is. And, and these things are part of life, a part of who we are. Think, take a moment to think about, you know, uh, all our friends and our close, the close ones and our loved ones who um, in, have been have, have needed to go get tested or have been or currently in isolation you know that you know again for them it's it's a test of faith and 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 I, I pray that the Lord's blessing be upon them and the Lord's grace and peace uh, be upon them in this in this time and that the Lord may continue to reveal himself glorious even even through these times think take a moment to think about with all these changes take a moment to think about um all our, all our brothers and sisters planning weddings this year. Oh, boy, that's hard, isn't it? That's hard. You have these plans, you have these thoughts and these things that are very deep and close to your heart and and, and you have these, these, you know, all this money that you're putting into something and all of a sudden that could just be taken away from you in, or while delayed in some way. So it would take a moment to think about those. But all these changes, all these changes have the capacity, all these all this uncertainty, if you like, have the capacity, if you allow them to, to, to draw your mind so far away from the Lord that you feel utterly hopeless. Or they have the capacity to draw your mind so close and fixed on the Lord that they become unmoved. And this is the truths of God. These are the things for the Christian. Remember, God provides a peace that passes understanding. You say to me, oh, that, that's impossible. That's, you know, this is, these uncertain times become uh, 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 the formula for, for uh, confusion and heartache. Well, yes, they are. Yes, they are. That's, their, that's what they do. But they have the capacity also to draw your heart and mind onto the Lord and, and to have you think on things that the Lord will have you think on during these times. The COVID changes can be really, really quite a pressure indeed. Think about all the family pressures through this time. Think about all the pressures that just even in these times, even just lockdown brings to families. The fact that you've got children who are, who are now um, in our homeschooling, what the pressures on families. Some families cope reasonably well. Others, others find that really difficult, you know, in that time because now all of a sudden there's another level of responsibility that the home has. What about kids in their family, kids who are having to constantly be on devices because of the schooling and then all of a sudden there's a new level of test that parents experience because now kids are exposed potentially to so many other things and, and, and even children who wrestle with their faith and how does, that, how does that add pressure to families, whether children are young or whether children are old, you know, families that are facing pressure all the time because of their faith or the faith of their children. These are pressures that we experience and are real for us they're not things that we are we are immune to or not touching we are we are these are things that we experience and touch in life what about relationship pressures what about pressures in relationships when when these things come upon us and all of a sudden there is the the need for couples to intentionally listen carefully intentionally be kinder to one another Perhaps the way you were kind before doesn't cut it down. But now you have to intentionally 
be kinder to one another. You have to think about how can I deliberately show more kindness in this time when there's lots of pressure. You know, maybe you, you default into a thinking that, you, that is so critical that you think to yourself, why should I be kind in this time? You know, we're all going through difficult situations. We're all going through hard times in these times. You know, you've got to allow me to, to be like this. Well, well, yeah, there are emotions, but the emotions should not lend themselves to unkindness. So that we are, we are called to be deliberately kind, intentionally kind to one another. Maybe uh, in over, and, over and above the way we are normally, maybe allow your partner to be sick of your kindness. Let that be the problem in your household. And perhaps look for ways unexpectedly just to be kind, kind to one another. Wow, how beautiful would that be? What about just personal struggles? You know, you got relationship struggles. What about personal struggles in this lockdown period, when 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 where someone is whether whether um uh, whether people are watching or people are not watching, you still have to choose to put on Christ, to put on Christ the power of your righteousness. That whether someone's watching me in my house or whether someone's not watching me in my house, I am choosing to put on. Christ. I am choosing to have the mind that was in Christ Jesus. And when I choose to have the mind that was in Christ Jesus, it does not necessarily make me automatically happy again. It makes me and it pushes me to walk faithfully again. And these are the things, these are the distinctions. I don't wait to become happy in order to be faithful. But I choose, out of my love for God, to walk faithfully to him, put on him, choose him, have his mind, love him with all my mind and my heart and my strength. This is what it is. You know, if loving God with your strength just comes naturally, why would the Bible ask me to love God with all your strength? But because I think sometimes it doesn't come naturally, then God is calling us to love him with all our strength because sometimes the strength in me cannot Find a place to love him. But God's saying, love me with all your strength and all your mind and all your heart. Love me. Love me and watch me come through. Watch me, uh, watch me work a wonderful work in your heart, a peace that passes understanding. And these things, despite the circumstances of life, these things hover hover, whether they are amplified sometimes, whether they are made worse by certain things like lockdown or other traumas that happen in our lives, these things still exist. And as they exist, God is present and God is calling us for it to do a certain thing. And this morning, again, I want to draw our attention very simply to the Word of God. I want us to remember, I want to point you to Jesus, and I want you to think about his Word, and I want you to think about just very simply what he says. In fact, there are a couple of passages that I really wanted to share with you this morning. I'm probably not going to get through them. I may not even get through the first one, but that's okay because next week we'll keep talking about it. And the first passage that I wanted to share with you was Philippians 4, and the next passage was Psalm 23. And not all of the chapters, just a little bit of each chapter, a little bit of Philippians 4 and a little bit of Psalms, Psalm 23. But I'm almost certain that we're not going to get through them. So let's start with Philippians 4. If you can open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to, we're going to start from verse 6. And Paul has just, um, has just finished telling people to rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. 
Remarkable, isn't it? Now, I don't know if you remember where Paul was in this time, but if I'm not mistaken, Paul's in prison. Paul's in prison. Paul's locked down, isolated, separated, set apart for his faith, not because of anything else but his faith. And in this time of imprisonment, he wants the Philippians to rejoice. And he says, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. And I don't think Paul could have said that if in his heart he didn't find a place of rejoicing. So I think in his prison cell and in the conditions, and I don't think they would be like the conditions of today, that in his prison cell he must have, a, must have had a great sense of the Lord's presence in his circumstance. Listen, in his circumstance that he was able to rejoice. And when you get to that place, what happens is that you find yourself trusting in the will of God. This trust in the will of God lends itself to faithfulness and obedience to the Lord. It does not lend itself to make excuses for sin. It does not say, oh, look, what do you expect from me? Of course I'm going to act like this because look at my circumstance. No, it doesn't lend itself to that. That's the carnal mentality. That's not the gospel. The gospel doesn't say, oh, you are excused to doing this because of your circumstances. The gospel says come to Christ and see the power of God to overcome this sin that you would normally have done in the flesh. You see, we are not led by the flesh anymore. We are led by the spirit. And today as Christians, we're not doing things naturally anymore. We don't do things that are natural anymore. We do things that are led of the power of God's spirit. When you, when you conclude in your mind that you are still living in the natural, you are concluding in your mind that you haven't understood the gospel. Today, the gospel doesn't necessarily say all your emotions are going to be amazing. What the gospel says that you are free to live righteously now. And Paul asks the Philippians, even in his state of what the world might consider to be hopeless, he says, I want you to rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. And then he tells them this thing. And if you like, there's two steps to this. There's two steps. Now, this is, let me, let me, um, let me clarify something right from the start. This is not a motivational speech, okay? Whether you're tempted to think that or not, this is not a motivational speech. This is a deep trust in the living God. And if you cannot do this, then you cannot experience what we're about to read. This is a deep trust in God to know that he is real, that he is God. And by doing this, it lends itself, it allows you to come and approach this passage, not in a motivational sense, but with faith. Now, there's a couple of steps to this. The first step is Paul wants us to guard our minds. And then the second thing, he says, I want you to strengthen your minds. There's two steps, if you like. Verses 6 and 7 are the guarding of the mind. Verse 8 is the strengthening of the mind, yeah, the strengthening of the mind. And he gives eight things to strengthen your mind. Um, that's amazing, eight things. Now, I don't want you to be overwhelmed by that because there's a little bit of overlap between them. But the idea is Paul saying first, hey, you know what, guard your minds. And I reckon he was doing that himself in prison. And then he asks them to strengthen their minds. So let's read the passage and then we'll go back and we'll just look briefly at this and we'll see how far we get today. The Bible says this. It says, be anxious, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God 
which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. Beautiful passage, isn't it? <laughs> I'm just I'm imagining Paul's experiencing life and he begins to understand the depth or the secret of, of peacefulness. As a Christian, he's beginning to experience how peace can exist in times of uncertainty and chaos. And as he begins to experience this, he wants to share it with his brothers and sisters. Because you've got to remember, Paul was a very religious man who outwardly was very righteous, but inwardly was very evil. And I don't imagine prior to coming to the Lord, the Apostle Paul would have experienced what it had meant to know a peace that passes understanding. He might have known moments of peace. He might have known kind of peace because of his unrighteousness, like everything's going good, I'm doing good, things are running well, you know, I'm offering my sacrifices, I'm, I'm, I'm fulfilling my duties, things are peaceful, and all of a sudden, bang, something happens, and I can imagine inside of him there would have been this turmoil that we all experienced that would have lended him, that would have moved him to sin. But how now he's experiencing something that doesn't require everything, every every jot and tittle, every every dot, every aspect of life to be perfect. Now he's experiencing a peace that passes understanding. And he shares this wonderful truth, this this insight, this beauty with with his brothers and sisters. There's no secrets in the things of the Lord, brothers and sisters. There's no glory in me knowing the secret to holiness and then not sharing it with you, as if to say, you know, I, I got there and, and you find your own way there. You know, I'm not going to tell you. I worked hard for it. You know, I, 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 did, I did life hard, a lot of sweat and tears to get to this place. You work it out like some competitor in the, in the, in the Olympic Games where he's found a secret to running a certain distance and he's not going to share with anyone. You know, no, I got there and I want to tell you how to get there as well. And that's what the Apostle Paul is, is doing. But I can't get you off your couch. I can't get you out of your slumber. I can't do that. You need to choose to do that. And by the power of God's spirit, God's spirit is going to work in your life. So to the anxious, listen, to the, to the anxious today, I say this, as Paul says, be anxious for nothing. For those who are battling with some level of anxiety, nervousness, worry of some kind, I say what the Apostle Paul says in this passage as an introduction to guard our minds. He says, be anxious for nothing. You know, this is a massive, massive ask for Christians, isn't it? This is massive. He's asking the people of God who in that time and day and age were being uh, inflicted and attacked, uh, killed for their faith. You know, he's asking, remember the context of this time, that if you put your hand up to become a Christian, you know, you would can half expect that you would have done things like lost your job, lost your family, lost your inheritance, even lost your life. And he's asking them in this context, he says, listen, I want you to be anxious 
for nothing. Now, I believe with all my heart, he's not saying to them that you're not going to feel levels of anxiety and nervousness and worry, that these things aren't going to come upon you. But once they get to the place where they control you, that's not right. That's not the, that's not the gospel. You are called to trust in God. Because, listen, the secret to this, the secret is very simple. The secret is Jesus. The secret is Jesus. The reason why Paul can say be anxious for nothing is because he knows that at the end of the day, the sovereign Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, is still in control. He's still watching over everything, has still not stopped doing what he needs to do for the kingdom of God. And Paul is asking, in light of this, just let go a little bit. Let go a little bit. Let go of trying to control everything and worry about everything and have a say in everything. Just let go a little bit. And trust me, be anxious for nothing because because in this, in this, you'll begin to find the peace that passes understanding. Does he say relinquish responsibility? Does he say stop being responsible, stop thinking about it, stop praying about it, you know, get it out of your mind? No, he doesn't talk about these things. In fact, the next step he says is I want you to pray about it. So for sure it's going to be on our minds. For sure it's going to be on our our responsibility. For sure we need to to take up um, the, the, the responsibility of doing what we need to do in these circumstances, but don't be anxious about it. Allow yourself to give the time that is due to it and no more. Allow yourselves to give the time that is required for that thing, but that's it. Don't go the next level where it begins now to control you to the place where you lose your peace. Because I don't know about you, but there are sometimes there are things where where I come short in my ability, and and I can't. I, I say to God, God, I don't know what else to do. So it's like God says in those situations, well, look up, look up. You've done what you can do now. Look up. And this is God asking us to be children who are dependent on a father who cares for his children and for his kingdom. So he asks us not to be anxious, and that is a massive ask. But I'm asking you today, brothers and sisters, will you do this? Will you look and draw your attention to the word of God, and will you in simple faith, childlike faith, say to the Father in heaven, Lord, I choose today to be anxious about nothing. I choose today to come before my loving Father in heaven who was asleep, whose son was asleep in a boat during a storm, and trust you. Well, I choose to do that. See, often in the scriptures, particularly if you've read scripture again and again and again, often in the scriptures what happens is this. If you've been a Christian long enough, you read it, it flutters your heart for a moment, and then you forget about it. And it's not until a circumstance arises or someone draws it to your attention that you think, oh, yes, of course, the scripture says be anxious for nothing. But but if we do what the psalmist says, but if we hide his word in our hearts, then we don't sin against him. And I want to encourage you this morning, brothers and sisters, if you are feeling a heightened anxiety, a level of anxiety during the circumstances that we're going through, come to the scriptures in simple faith and allow God to speak into your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, ask him, say, Lord, uh, I don't want to be anxious for anything. 
I want to bring every thought, as the scripture says, into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I want to allow my thoughts to be trained in such a way that they are, have the mind of Christ, that we're setting my thoughts on things above, that I'm allowing to love you with all my mind. And in doing so, I believe, brothers and sisters, it brings us to a place of walking faithfully before the Lord. It brings us to a place of being kind, loving, uh, truthful, pure, holy, because we aren't trusting in ourselves. Perhaps this is more or another example of what it means to come to the end of ourselves. And if, and if we try and hold on to self, then anxiety goes up. But if we can trust him, that brings us place, that settles us back into a place of, of, of trust and faithfulness to the Lord. So he says that I don't want you to be anxious for anything, but this is what I want you to do. Yeah, I don't want you just to be irresponsible. I don't want you sort of to, to neglect all, 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 all duties of a Christian, but I want you to do something. I want you to do something that is absolutely critical because the Christian doesn't go into some motivational thinking and says, oh, just let it go, like, you know, the good old Frozen movie, just let it go. That's not what the Christian does because where do you let it go? What, where is it just going to disappear? I'll tell you the truth, those who just let it go, Often what happens, it just bounces back. Might take, might take a few days, might take a week, might take a month, might take a year. But if it's not settled in our hearts, you can't just let something go. And if you find a secret to that, good on you. If, if you can do that, fantastic, go for your life. But I know what the Bible tells me is this. It's not about just letting it go. It's letting it go and giving it to him. You know, cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. I can say, Lord, this is still troubling me and I haven't, it's still part of my life, but where I place it, where I give it, where I trust it with is with you. And though it still exists and still, still, though it's still part of my life, it is in your hands and that's where I let it go to. And so he wants us to pray. And the Bible says, but in everything, in everything, uh, by prayer, and by supplication with, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Beautiful passage here. Let me, just, let me just share some thoughts with this. Paul is saying that I want you to pray. And often when I ask people this question, often people forget the word in here that's perhaps very critical. Well, it is very critical. I was going to say most critical, but it's very just as critical. And he wants us to pray, and the word is with thanksgiving. Now, I don't know about you when you've gone through some very, very difficult times. To be able to lift up a prayer of thanks, it's a hard thing to do, but it's a very, very important thing to do. Because when you can pray to God in your circumstances with thanksgiving, now it's not necessarily saying, God, thank you that this thing happened. I'm not saying about that. I'm not talking about thanking God for something bad that's happened in your life. I mean, if you can do that, go for it. I'm talking about thanking God for everything else that's happening in your life. And when you can thank God, if when you can come to a place of thanking God in your time when anxiety is smothering you, then the Bible says so we, we, then we do that because what we are 
determining in our hearts and our minds is it's about Jesus. This is about him. This is about his calling on my life, his, his love for me, his work in my life. This becomes about him because life becomes about him. Now listen carefully. If it becomes about something else, it's very hard to lift up a heart of thankfulness. If life for you isn't about Jesus and following him and his kingdom and ultimately seeking his kingdom and his righteousness and it's about something else, it's going to be very hard for you to lift up a heart of thankfulness because if it's about work and something's going on about work, well, how are you going to be thankful? If life for you is about work, it's going to be very hard to be thankful. If life for you is about relationships, your partner going away, uh, doing things, experiencing things, if that's what life is for you, then in these circumstances you're not going to have much to be thankful for because life's about this or life's about these things that have been taken away from you. But when life is about Jesus, when you seek him first and his righteousness and his kingdom, when you determine that life is going to be about this and you build your treasures, not where moth and rust can destroy, but in the heavens, when life becomes about these things, then, brothers and sisters, you are able to lift up hearts of thankfulness because now there are so many things that when you look to Jesus to be thankful for. Do you remember that time in your life when you were a sinner? Remember that time in your life when you were wrapped in your sin and doing things that now you are ashamed of? Oh, maybe, maybe it's good to thank the Lord for that, that you're still not in that place, that you're still not doing the things you used to do, that you're still not hurting people the way you used to hurt them. Maybe it's a moment to say, Lord, thank you that you took me out of Egypt, not where's the garlic and the onions. Maybe. God is bringing us to a place of simple faith that says, hey, remember all the good things that I've done for you. It's hard, brothers and sisters. It's hard because our nature is very short-sighted. It's very hard. I get it. I feel it. I experience it. Our nature is very short-sighted. Our nature looks to the immediate, looks to the now. It looks to what's happening. That's our nature. Just like Israel in the wilderness, it's very normal and it's hard and you have to be able to say by faith lord i need to go back and trust you and in this my heart finds reasons to be thankful so the next time you go to pray do this start start deliberately and intentionally to be thankful thank god thank god whether it's two things 10 things 20 things 30 things thank god Place it in your heart and mind to be thankful to the Lord. Make your requests to him, but make your requests with thankfulness. Make your requests, as the Bible says, with thanksgiving. Now, it's interesting because he says, make your requests be made known to who? To God. <laughs> to God. Because what I find interesting is this, brothers and sisters, and I'm going to finish here. I'm going to finish here. What I find interesting about this is this. Such a simple request. Brothers and sisters, he's saying to them, don't be anxious for anything. Pray, be thankful, 
and pray to God. Make your request known to God. Now, how many Christians, listen, and maybe maybe nobody in the church does this, and if you don't do this, praise the Lord and I'm encouraged by it. But how many people in the church run to other people first and more so in making all their requests known, their anxieties known? their problems known, their issues known, and they'll run to every other person before they turn to God. Perhaps that's what James meant when he said, you don't get because you don't ask. And it's beautiful here because what the Apostle Paul is saying is very simply, hey, pray. Pray with thanksgiving. And, yes, go tell your friends for sure. They can pray with you. But don't do it at the neglect of asking and requesting of the Lord. Bring it to the Lord. Request it of the Lord. And believe that when you request it of the Lord, it's not like you're talking to a friend who cannot ultimately do what God does. Don't treat God like some human friend who's just a good listener, though he is a fantastic listener and listens to everyone all the time. The thing is, you're praying to God, believing He's got the power and the hand to move according to his perfect will. Make that request to God. Yes, go to others, but not at the neglect of going to God. This is where it will begin to form a great peace that passes understanding, which is, which is that next verse, which I'm going to leave it there. What I want us to do, brothers and sisters, I want us to seriously over the next week to go and to reflect and to think just even on this one verse, even on this one verse, if you would join me even over the week and meditate on this one verse, even memorise this one verse. In fact, let's take it to another level. If you happen to memorise this one verse, text me. Say, I've memorised it. If you have already, fantastic. Text me today. I've memorised it already. That's great. Maybe perhaps go and, and, and memorise it, plant it in your heart. Thy, thy word I, I have hid in my heart that, that, I have, that I will not sin against us. So what, you know, 110 people, participants on Zoom this morning, which potentially means more people. Who knows? Maybe I'll get 200 texts this week. I don't mind. I won't answer them all. Probably not. I don't mind. But that's great. Go. Text me. I've memorised this verse. If that's if God has spoken, if God has spoken to your heart, because at the end of the day, tell me something, brothers and sisters, we can keep talking about all our issues and it's OK to do that. But this is what we want to master. This is where victory is. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and by supplication with thanksgiving, make our requests known to God. I love you, brothers and sisters. This is a tough time for some people more than others, but I know that God hasn't changed. And may our love for one another continue to encourage each other to draw our attention back to the Lord and back to his word, because in there, there is peace and there is the power, if you like, or the movement, if you like, to faithfulness. Let me pray for us this morning. Let's pray together. Loving Father, I want to thank you, Lord God, for your word this morning. I want to thank you that it's so rich and it speaks to our hearts, volumes, uh, Lord, we aren't uh, capable in ourselves to do anything that, it, that pertains to righteousness, your righteousness, uh, but, Lord, by your power and by your strength and by the words of truth, you move us in this way. And so, Father, we pray your blessing be upon us, your blessing be upon the church, 
and your blessing be upon the week ahead of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll, we'll see you soon. I'll wait for those texts. <laughs>